I don't know how to picture Jim Trestle without a sweater vest. It was, how do I say this? It was the end of an era. Like that was Jim in the past. And this is Jim now. New Jim is fashionable. I like new Jim. <laughs> Jim <laughs> new Jim has got it going on. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Welcome back to the Rivalry Podcast. My name is Mitch. He is Jace, and we have 68 days until football is here again. Jace, how are you feeling it's today? It's 68 days too long. I Tell me about it. You know, like I'm getting, I, now that, I feel like now that the NBA is done, baseball uh, season for college teams is starting to wrap up, I feel as though we have now entered into the part where I'm really itching for football I'm getting ready. Again. I'm getting ready. Some you things start to see up. the hype videos yes. pop up on YouTube yes. and stuff. Speaking of there being a really long time, we have 157 days until the game. And that just seems like an eternity from now. I mean, for you, yeah, maybe. But like for me, it's also like an extra long eternity because that's 157, you said? 157. More, yeah, more days of just agony and 62, 39 jokes. And it's just like, I just, every year, especially I think if you're on the losing side, you just want to get there. It's like, I need to get the, I wouldn't dare I say, revenge tour rolling again i wouldn't i wouldn't know boy that's as always like us on twitter <laughs> at jace and mitch i said like us follow, follow us. us would be nice yeah. yes please follow us uh, uh during this off season we're going to be putting out episodes once a month so we really only have one more yeah. until the season kicks one off more which coming is up in awesome. july and then the preseason a little bit in august and then at that point i mean the, the show kind of writes itself yep. as we go week by week analysis if you're if you're new uh you're not going to get a lot of the you'll get some you know stats and stuff like that that's pertinent, but it's not going to be this in-depth, let's break down every, it's going to be opinions, thoughts on the game, and a chance for you to share as well, again, on Twitter, at Jace and Mitch. So first things first, recruiting news. It's been a big weekend for both Ohio State and Michigan recruiting. Jace, tell us about what's going on at Michigan. Yeah, yeah, a huge weekend for Michigan. A few commits already coming through with more supposedly supposed to be on the way. Um, real quick, go. I won't go through all of them, but there are a few key ones for Michigan a, uh, all of these are in the class of 2020, by the way. A three-star defensive end flipping from West Virginia to Michigan. A surprise. Uh, his name's Aaron Lewis. Should be a, a great addition. 2024-star center Reese Atbury, a top three center in the country, committing to Michigan out of Colorado. Now, now just honest thoughts. When yeah. you hear a recruit that's five years from now, does that... How serious is that? I mean, 2020 is next year. You said 2023, didn't you? No, he's tw- a 2020 four-star c- oh, center. Oh, I thought you said 2024. No. 2020 no, no, no. No, yeah, four-star no, I'd be, I'd be with you because you have some of those where it's like the class of 2020. I was like, hold up, who cares? <laughs> who cares? The kid is eight years old, Got but it. he's really, really good. 2020, comma, yes, four-star. A four-star center, Drew Atbury. He's a top three center in the country right now. That's a, a position that Michigan is going to definitely be able to use. And then probably the biggest signing of the year. This kid was supposed to wait until January 4th to make a decision. He committed this past weekend. It's four-star safety Jordan Morant, also in the class of 2020. He is the number one safety in the country and was supposed to wait until January. He uh, committed to Michigan this past weekend. A huge win for Don Brown's defense. That's a big pickup. On the Buckeye side of things, we had two big recruiting wins on Friday afternoon. Four-star cornerback Clark Phillips commit for 2020. And then we had a four-star wide receiver, uh, Jaden Ballard, for 2021. And right now, Ohio State is the fifth nationally ranked recruiting class for 2020. 
And we're third as of right now for 2021, which is way better than last year. We were 14th for 2019. So that's awesome news for Ryan Day. He's doing a good job. Right now, we're the first in the Big Ten, as well as the first as of now for 2021. We were third last year. So Ryan Day come in swinging, making huge changes. The thing that shocked me with recruiting news is when I'm looking at the teams, the power rankings of just recruiting, LSU is third for 2020. LSU, they have two five-stars, 13 four-star recruits, and five three-stars. That's crazy because Clemson, the team that's doing so well, has five five-stars and only nine four-star recruits. Alabama has 15, but they're Alabama. It's, so LSU out of nowhere. It's, the, it, it's a bizarre thing, and we've talked about this before, the bizarre thing of having high school students who, who and understandably so, make a big deal out of this, and they commit, and you have the rankings, but... I think we said this in the last podcast as well. The transition between high school athletics to division one football is so vast. It, it's an incredible. So in theory, it's great for both Ohio state and Michigan and LSU and Clemson, all these teams to look at and go, man, I got this three-star recruit. I got this four-star recruit, five-star JJ McCarthy, the Michigan four-star quarterback bumped up to a five-star in the last couple of weeks. So Michigan's got that on the resume as well. That doesn't necessarily affect how they're going to transition to the next level, but I mean, recruiting is where it starts, right? So it's both teams, I think, for the Buckeyes and the Wolverines can be encouraged from this weekend. I think especially Michigan because there there were some some rumbling, some restlessness about the recruiting so far going, what's going on? The class doesn't look as strong as we thought it would. If anything, there's more people leaving Michigan <laughs> Well, <laughs> than coming in. I mean, we yes, but also <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where you go, okay, Oliver Martin is transferring to another Big Ten school. Okay. Yeah. You know, not anything that's I think terribly significant. So I think Michigan fans can all kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Some of them can eat can eat a little bit of crow from this past weekend. Sure. And the uh, good news moving forward for everybody. I think the whole LSU thing is awesome because now there's a new team in the running with these other teams that have just been the talk of the town. It's been Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like they have always been towards the top. Now we've got this LSU team who's always there, but oh, yeah. not really in the in the spotlight. And now with them having this many stars, 13 four-star recruits for 2020, it's going to be I mean, fun to see a new a few, team in It's there. been a few years since yeah. they've been competitive at the at the level of the national championship LSU teams, right. right? So I think having a guy like Joe Burrow back there is going to help. I think that's got to help your recruiting as well. And so I'm excited. I LSU is one of the few SEC teams that I just don't absolutely hate. I agree. You know, LSU is a fun team to watch. I'm required because my wife's family is from Arkansas. Arkansas technically has a football program, so I guess technically I have to support them Correct. as an yeah, SEC totally. team. Yeah. But it's good to see someone that could maybe challenge Alabama. And we got Joe That's Burrow. Joe is. Burrow, he's like the Correct. hometown hero who just had to you know, make that decision. People still love him, even though he's on another it's team. It's bizarre. It is weird. It's it doesn't happen a lot, so very, I, I like it. Compare Joe Burrow to the Tate Martell situation, and we'll just leave it at that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of national championships, the road to the national championship, also known as the schedule. Maybe you haven't heard about what the schedules look like for both teams. We're going to do a really quick, this could be really boring. We're not going to make it boring. We're going to go a really quick, over-the-top view of what the schedule looks like because there's always that one game, at least for Ohio State football, where everybody thinks this is going to be an easy win. And then, like Maryland last year. <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. A little teaser, by the way. So, really, there's there's nothing huge with Ohio State until you get about the second half of the season. Uh, it actually looks really nice. We start with Florida Atlantic. So, 
Strap I mean, on your seatbelts for d- that. It's listen, be- don't sleep on my boy Lane Kiffin, though. I will. I will, <laughs> and it'll be just fine. Then we play Cincy. We go all the way down. The last three or four weeks of the season is going to be crazy. We have Maryland, and then we're at Rutgers, and then we come back home and play Penn State, which the last three years have been within one point of a victory, which is crazy. And then we're at Michigan. So the last four games are going to be quite something. The good news is is the week before those four games start is a bye. So it's just kind of a, all right, rest you up, get that let's get ready, because there's and, yep, quite the gauntlet at the end of the season. Of, I think we'll be okay. As you're looking ahead at the schedule, again, we're not going to go through every game, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what what is that game on the schedule right now that you're looking going, circle this one, because I'm a fr- let's call it a trap game. Let's say that one. What, I think there's the, two in my brain that, yeah, that have that potential. The first one, actually, I think is Cincinnati. Okay. At home against okay. Cincinnati. Whatever's going on down there, they have been doing better. Their scores have been much better. And I think that they're still in our brains, such a small team that it doesn't even matter. Maybe Luke Fickle coming back into the shoes. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring something back here. I think that's one of them. And then the other one is Northwestern. I think with everything and how they ended the season last year at the Big Ten Championship, they just, now that they're going to be at home when they play us, they want to leave maybe there's some animosity still there that they want to clear up i think those two games cincinnati northwestern they're the games that mentally we think is no big deal that i think actually we should be a little bit more prepared than well, we, if, we think if michigan's history with northwestern is any indication weird things happen when you go to chicago totally, town totally and uh and northwestern just something on that home field something wacky is bound to happen and i think i think those are good i think those are good ones to circle for uh for Michigan, again, not going through the whole schedule, but Michigan, again, I think has one of the toughest schedules in the country. It, it, it is a it's a scary thing to look at. Again, that back half of the schedule for Michigan real quick. Here's uh, the the back. Yeah, the full back half. The last six games that they play mm-hmm. at Penn State, Notre Dame at Maryland, Michigan State, at Indiana, Ohio State. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a hard that back of the crazy. schedule. That's actually, none of those games are the ones that I'm circling because I think those all mm-hmm. seem fairly straightforward. The game I'm circling is the second game of the year. Army. Army comes into the big house. I want nothing to do with the triple option. <laughs> do you remember yeah. last year? I totally Army, forgot about that. Army went into Oklahoma and took... Kyler Murray and Oklahoma to overtime yeah. before Oklahoma finally was able to put them away. After Army beat Navy last year, they had such momentum that they looked scared. I wouldn't want to play them. Army is a scary, scary team because it's it's something that is so difficult. You know, Michigan has been such a defensive school for the last, you know, seven, eight years. Michigan's defense, you have to purposely plan for that game. It's not enough to just run your your normal deal. You have to be prepared for a triple option team that you are not going to see again the rest of the year. There's so much that goes into that game. Now, thankfully, before they go back into uh, the rest of the schedule at Wisconsin the next week, they have a bye week after that. But they've got to come fully prepared because that's a team that I think could very easily sneak up on you and could beat you, punch you right in the mouth if you're not careful. Does that's the big game have, on my schedule. Does it stink to have the bye week after three games or after two games into the season? Your your rest I is mean, done? I think so, but also I could see it being beneficial that you just you kind of get into that 
into that momentum and you get to keep that going. Sure. And I think especially coming off a kind of a weird game, like I said, like preparing for army and then getting a chance to take a break before you would then go and prepare for the rest of your schedule. I'm okay with it. Looking, Normally I'd agree, yeah. but I'm okay with it. Looking at the last half of both of these schedules, this is going to be a chaotic year. I mean, when you're playing that many good teams back to back to back on both sides of this rivalry, that is going to make for some serious <laughs> issues. I well, have a feeling it's going to be hard to predict anything because you just think about the grind of playing these games back to back. That's going to be crazy. I mean, Michigan can lose any of these six games, any and all of these six games, Maryland, Indiana. Yeah, you could say, OK, yeah, it should should beat them. But I mean, you could you could go into the. You know, into this back half of the schedule, you could go in there six and zero. You could come out with yeah, who a total knows of eight wins. Who knows what? I mean, and that's and that's part of why college football is fun is you do have that chance to kind of ramp up and rev up. And I do like the fact that Michigan does get to open with Mid Tennessee State, albeit a night game, which makes zero sense to anybody. I don't understand what the thought process is other than ratings for TV. Maybe that's all the process is. But I like the fact that we open with that versus last year. On the road, new quarterback, new offense in South Bend. Because again, Michigan plays Notre Dame last year, later in the season. Michigan's a better team than Notre Dame is. So I like the fact that there's at least some opportunity to ramp up a little bit before you hit the back half of the schedule, the Michigan States, the Notre Dames, etc. Yeah, I feel like the Michigan team last year, where there was a whole lot of unknowns at the beginning of the season, a lot of changes, is the Ohio State this year. New coach, new quarterback, new running backs. And a crazy gauntlet schedule. I, I, It's an eerie feeling because I'm confident because as a Buckeye fan, I'm confident. But it feels much different than years past where there's at least some carryover where we're familiar with certain aspects. Mm-hmm. All I'm really familiar with with this team right now is some of the wide receivers, which is nice. J.K. Dobbins. Exactly. J.K. Dobbins. And then the defense, which led up a lot of big plays. Yeah, which the, you're familiar with it, but you're not really sure if you feel good exactly. about that. Exactly. So this is it's a weird feeling as a Buckeye fan. Like, who who's on our team? again you know yeah. <laughs> but again that's where i think a, a schedule for you guys that does open up with some pretty cincinnati i agree you should have circled but some pretty easy yeah. games outside of that cincinnati reminds me of the tcu game last year you should win it but really who knows early in the season you have time to figure it out i think that's going to be really key primarily for justin fields because yeah, he's highly touted, but we've not seen him do anything yet, you know? So I, I think that those things will will balance themselves out at the end of the year. If you want to be the best, and here's the, the bottom line, tough schedules, whatever. If you want to be the best, you're going to have to be the best. You're going to have to win your games. You're going to have to beat the Ohio State. You're going to have to beat Notre Dame. You're going to have to, you're going to see Alabama eventually or Clemson. So it doesn't really matter if you're a good enough team to make the college football playoff to win the national title you better be able to make it through your schedule. And if you can't, then it doesn't really matter. I ran into you in the hallway this morning and you said that you found some interesting things on Twitter. I did. Yeah. What I, did this, you find? I want to kind of suggest a new little segment here as we go into season two of the rivalry podcast called the worst tweet of the week. Uh, I can get behind the this. worst tweet of the week. And so this can I be just follow by Jim the way, Harbaugh. You and- can submit these. <laughs> At Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch on Twitter. If you see something from you know Michigan, Ohio State related that you go, this is the worst tweet of the week. Make sure you like tag us in it. We'll take a look at it. Um, this one comes from 11 Warriors. 
who who honestly I think do some really good stuff. Again, kind of taking the the Michigan hat off for a second. I love following Eleven Warriors. I think that they are phenomenal. If you're not following them already, go ahead and do it. But I think they had With one that of the being said, that being said, because I do believe that on the box this gloves. is and the hat comes back on yeah. the worst tweet of the week. Here's what I'm just going to read it to you and let you form your own opinions for a hot second. Okay, here's the tweet from Eleven Warriors. If Ohio State is going to have to play both Rutgers and Maryland every season for the rest of eternity, those schools need to shape up. Here's a few ideas. Rutgers, which at a face value sounds yeah, Rutgers, okay. Yeah, Rutgers is trash. Rutgers, please don't come and beat us now. Rutgers is garbage. But to put Maryland in that same boat, did they not remember that Maryland scored 51 points, 500 yards of offense, and missed a wide open, unguarded receiver to lose the game in overtime? I yeah. I would not want Maryland to improve at all if I'm Ohio State. It's one of those things what where are you thinking? as soon as you read it, you go, <laughs> wait, <laughs> as soon as your brain starts going, wait, when did we play Maryland? And oh, I was, that was overtime. Oh, that was a heart attack. <laughs> Please don't get better. And I was impressed by the, I actually saw logic from Ohio State fans on Twitter who said, guys. What are you thinking with pictures of the scoreboard? Thank you. The six Ohio State fans using logic on Twitter. I applaud you. We need more of that. I, That's the I do, worst tweet I do of the like week. having basically a, a mid-season scrimmage with Rutgers every year, though. That's nice to take the, the gas off and just know, okay, this is going to be yeah, fun. Yeah. Just let oh, the rest. So Michigan, I don't know if you remember this. Michigan trailed Rutgers, I believe, at one point. Or were tied with Rutgers like halfway through the first quarter last year in New Jersey. And I'm sitting there like staring at the TV going, Jesus, I believe you love us. Please don't. Oh my Please don't let this. And it ended up being fine. But yeah, I just don't understand how you, how you equate Rutgers with Maryland. Maryland's a team that should scare you and you should be very concerned about them. Something I was concerned about that I'm no longer concerned about. It's, Whenever you see these big names in the news, these Urban Meyer, these Nick Saban, these these larger than life characters, because they make a ton of money, they live this totally different life, they're completely invested, they're like a movie, real life movie character. I always thought that when you met them, there would be this huge disconnect just because of the difference yeah, of life. They're so legendary right? that it's, yeah, there's no connect. You have nothing in common with these people. Exactly. Last week, my wife and I got to meet a handful of these of these larger than life characters at an event. It was a faith-based event sponsored by in team. They do these sweet things where they record uh, athletes testimonies and then have them on this app where kids can see them and be inspired, you know, to, to live better, live a more faithful life, that sort of thing. And so my wife and I are there and we got the chance to meet a lot of the urban and Shelly, um, a whole bunch of these different people. Jim Tressel was there. We just got to meet these people and, it was so refreshing to see them as human beings, just walking around, having good conversations with people they never met and actually wanted to meet people they've never met before. It was so it was so relieving to know that they're still human beings, so much so that as my wife and I are leaving, we're in the parking lot, Urban and Shelly are also coming out into the parking lot. And I realize after about three seconds that Urban is holding his keys up in the air, <laughs> hitting the button, and Shelly's like, what are you doing? I wasn't with them when they parked the car. They had lost their car. 
And you can just tell it's been a long day. Urban has had it. Uh, He's walking around just so frustrated going, oh my gosh, I can't even find my car. And now there's this whole peanut gallery that's gathering towards the doors watching Urban and Shelly leave this event and they can't find their car. And Urban walks around this row and I'm almost going like, do you need help? You know? And, <laughs> and Urban sees his car in the distance, looks at Shelly and gives the old like first down, you know, axe throw of the, of the arm oh gesture. It gosh. was so funny just to see, oh yeah. These larger than life people still lose their car in a parking lot. You know, they're still human beings. That yeah. was so awesome. They yeah. were they were nice. They were it was a great time. And I love the I love that stuff because it does. It's easy to look at at those coaches or even the players and and be like, man, like they're just so no. I mean, they're these are college students. These are student athletes. These are coaches who have families who lose their car in parking lots. My yeah. one question would be. You met Jim Tressel. You saw him there. Was he wearing a sweater vest? He wasn't. And that and is so disappointing it, to me. It was that like shatters every image. I don't know how to picture Jim Tressel without a sweater vest. It was. It was. It was. How do I say this? It was like it was the end of an era. Like that was Jim in the past, and this is Jim now. New Jim is fashionable. I like New Jim. <laughs> Jim <laughs> New Jim has got it going on. Was he wearing khakis by any chance? He wasn't. He was just in a suit. He was in a suit. Okay, that's boring. Very entertaining. One of the the best speakers I've actually heard in person. He was awesome. Okay, as always, I just wanted to get that story in there. I thought it was entertaining. As always, Jace, do you have anything to leave the people with? I never do, but I do right now. Oh, good. Okay, so we're recording this on a, what is it? It's a Monday morning. Uh, You're probably hearing this on a Wednesday or sometime after, so you probably know how this turns out. You're living in the future right now, but uh, Michigan baseball, I know this is a football podcast. We'd be remiss not to mention it. Michigan baseball starts playing for a national championship tonight. Very cool. uh, Against Vanderbilt, the first Big Ten team to make the College World Series final since 1966, Ohio State. It's awesome. This is a a long time coming for the Big Ten. I've actually seen a handful of Buckeye fans, I don't want to say cheering for Michigan, but I don't want them to lose. I don't want them to win. Well wishes in their general direction more than anything else. I won't look at you, but I won't be mad if you... Um, Great stuff for the Big Ten. Huge for Michigan. Uh, A huge underdog coming into this thing, and they haven't lost a game yet. Should be a lot of fun. Best of luck to the boys in blue, and hopefully Michigan takes home a baseball national title uh, in the next couple weeks. Listen, hashtag baseball school, basketball school, football school, you name it, we do it. Again, as always, follow on Twitter at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch, and uh, like, follow, subscribe, mash that subscribe button. I don't know how they do it. You get the idea. Click here to see our last episode. (laughs) Spotify, (laughs) TuneIn, and iTunes, and we'll see you next time. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.